So tonight, as I just want to briefly share from the word and um, talk about God's got this. I know, I know you know this, uh, but tonight, let's just be reminded again of that we serve a God, powerful God, a God who works in the supernatural, and God's got this. Um, this has been a very challenging six years for me. I think probably the hardest term um, that I had. I think I've had, oh, I, I'm losing track already, maybe five, six terms. I'm getting too old already. I can't keep track. But um, probably the hardest six years, year term that I've had. Um, I'm just going to skip. I'll come back to the scripture verse later. But um, this term was really defined by cancer for me. Um, I found out that I had uterine cancer and I was in shock because I just was so positive that I, I was confident that I would never get cancer because nobody in any, on either side of my family had ever had cancer and I was healthy. I'd never had any medical issues. But just suddenly, I, the doctor said, Joyce, you have uterine cancer. And then so she took some CT scans and um, uh, MRIs just to see if it had spread to neighboring organs. And then so she called me back into her office and then she said, oh, Joyce, as I'm looking at this, it looks like you might have breast cancer. And I was like, what? And she, so she said, today you need to go see the breast, doc, the breast cancer doctor. And so as I went in um, to see the doctor, she confirmed that, yes, you have breast cancer also. And I was like, what? I said, did it spread from the one to the other? And she's like, no, it's just by chance that you happen to have two cancers at the same time. And I was like, what? And it was like, bam, boom. I was like, you know, this is out of control. It's like, I, I didn't prepare for this. But you know what? I just felt incredible peace. I, I normally, my personality, I would have been panicking. I would have been Googling. I would have been screaming. I would have been calling my dad, you know. But I just felt incredible peace unlike anything I had ever experienced before in my life. And it was real. And I just felt God, God's hand covering me. So I went through, um, went through two operations. I went through the one, uterine cancer operation, and then I went through um, the breast cancer operation a month later, and they said in the pathology report, it looks kind of iffy, so the doctor said, Joyce, you're going to have to have chemo. And I said, no, no, no. And so that's when, that's when I started, honestly speaking, I began to get afraid. <laughs> and the morning I was supposed to start chemo, I told the doctor, I changed my mind. I decided I'm not going to do the chemo, but I promise I'll be really good and I'll get all the tests and I'll be, do all the regular checkups and everything so that we can find this if it comes back. And she said, Joyce, no, th this kind of cancer, if it comes back, it's usually too late. You have to, I really don't recommend that you not do the, the chemo. So she said, please, please do the chemo. And so as I sat there waiting for them to bring, you know, all the drips and everything and I was just crying, and I just said, God, I'm scared. <laughs> and I feel like I'm on this roller coaster, and it's like going up, 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 up,
now I don't know how far it's going to drop and how many twists and how many turns and if I'm going to crash. And I'm like, it's too scary, God. I can't, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. I want to get out. And Jesus said, Joyce, I'm in this roller coaster with you. That's, and so I just felt like Jesus was there with me. And so I said, okay, God, I'm, I'm getting in this roller coaster and together we're going to do this. And it was six months of chemo and it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. And a lot of the time I was just in bed throwing up and in pain and couldn't move. But I'm just so thankful that God brought me through those six months of chemo. I lost all my hair. Um, I lost all my eyebrows, my eyelashes, even my nose hairs, everything um, came out. So I'm so thankful I finally got a little bit hair back. Um, and then after that, I had to do um, 16 radiation treatments. But I'm just so thankful that God was walking with, through that with me. And I really felt like, you know, the storms of life catch us off guard. We can't prepare. We don't know what's going to hit us. We don't know when things are going to turn our boat <laughs> upside down, but God's got this, and he's in the boat, or in my case, in my roller coaster with us. So let's go back to our scripture, if we can go back to our scripture tonight in Isaiah chapter 43, and this, these verses really encouraged me, um, and since we've got it on the PowerPoint, can we read this together tonight and just really declare it as our word of faith tonight? Do not fear, for I have redeemed you from captivity. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, you are precious in my sight. You are honored, and I love you. Amen. Amen. And so I just really began to hold on to the promises in God's word. And tonight I'd like to share about how, firstly, God calls us by name. As we can see in these verses, God calls you and me by name. He sees where each one of you are tonight. He knows what you're going through, and he calls you by name. He knows, even when other people don't know. Your pastor might not know, your family might not know, but God knows, and he is calling you by name. A merciful and loving God in the midst of our storm, we can hear his voice calling us. He calls us by name. I, I love this picture. Um, this is a picture of a lady at the University of Tokyo who got one of our tracks when we were passing out tracks at the gate. And she started coming to church. And within a few months, she gave her heart to Jesus. And this is her water baptismal day. And I just love it standing next to her because I feel really tall. <laughs> because she's only about this tall. And so I really love standing next to her because um, when I come back to America, this is me. Uh, I feel like I shrink every time I come back to America. <laughs> but I grew up Japanese-American, and so I just hated 
um, being Japanese American, and I was the only Asian in my whole class of white people, and and I there was a lot of prejudice and. So I would come home from school crying and I would tell my dad, Daddy, why didn't you give me blonde hair and blue eyes? And my dad was like, but Joyce, God made you unique. God made you special. And I'm like, I don't want to be unique. I want to be like everybody else, you know? And so I just really rejected the Japanese part of my heritage. And I would tell my friends, I'm not Japanese. I'm 100% American. I'm just like you. I hate Japan. I don't speak Japanese. And so now I'm paying for that because I had to learn Japanese from scratch, which is hard work. If I had learned it, if I had spoken it with my parents when I was a kid, you know, I'd be totally fluent, but I, I was like, no, speak English. I don't understand. You know, don't speak to me in Japanese. So I was just a stubborn little brat. And so now I'm paying for my sins. You know, God, forgive me. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I just felt so, I, I would compare myself to other people and I would say, you know, God, how can you use somebody like me? And I'm not beautiful like that person. I'm not smart like that person. I can't sing like that person. You know, how can you use somebody like me? And I hated to look in the mirror. I hated the way I looked. And God said, Joyce, don't look at how small you are. <laughs> look at how big I am in you. And that's what's important. And so as I began to receive healing in my heart and I felt God calling me into ministry, I was a biology major at Wheaton College here in the suburbs and I was really uh, into uh, dreaming about um, a field, uh, working in the field of medicine and I, had, I, I just held on to that because I, I felt like that was my security and my identity and if I didn't have that, I would be a nobody. But I as I fought with God all the way through college, finally my senior year, I was finally able to say yes 100% to Jesus and to let go of my puny little dreams in order to get his big dream for my life. So I'm just so thankful for the privilege of being able to serve him in Japan and to give my life 100% to Jesus. It is such a privilege. But he is calling each one of us. He's calling you to be the best teachers, to be the best moms and dads, to be the best uh, drivers, to be the best engineers, whatever God has called you to. That's what we have to be faithful, to follow his calling and let go of our little dreams to get his big dream for our life. He is calling you by name. He needs you. He wants you. He is calling us by name. Amen. So maybe sometimes it seems like our storms or our problems are overwhelming. And maybe I felt like this little baby sumo sometimes and felt overwhelmed by the op oppression or the obstacles or the storms. But it doesn't matter how small we are. What matters is how big he is in us. When we are weak, that's when he can be strong. And you and I have power, even when we are weak, we have the power of the word. This is more powerful than a bomb. It has the power to transform this city. It has the power to transform our families, even when we don't have the words. We don't have the right arguments, but we have the power of the word. We have the power of prayer as you come and gather in this prayer meeting every week. This is the most important meeting of this church, the prayer meeting. 
We have the power of prayer. We have the power of the cross. We have the power of the supernatural, the power of the Holy Spirit. You and I are Pentecostal believers tonight. And so praise God that you and I, when we are weak, that's when he can be strong. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit working through us. So he knows he is calling us by name. Secondly, God is with us in the storm. God is with us in the storm. Can we go back to the scripture? No matter what our storm is, he is there. He is there with us. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched. That's his promise to us. He didn't promise that they might all instantly disappear. But his promise, what is his promise? That he will be with us. He will be walking step by step with us. Praise God. He's in that boat with us. He's in that roller coaster with us. So I'm so thankful that God is with us. Storms bring great fear and destruction. We've had storms named Katrina. We've had storm, storms named Andrew that have blown through our lives. Maybe we've had storms named cancer. Maybe storms named COVID. Maybe storms named financial difficulty. Maybe storms named divorce. We all face different storms. But God's promise is, He is walking day by day, moment by moment. So don't feel alone. Don't feel abandoned. Because he is with us. He is walking with us. God is with us in the storm. So let's trust him. In the normal, we would be panicking. We would be fearful. But let's lay those things aside and trust him because he is with us. He is walking with us. Um, When we... experience campus ministry through COVID, it was, a, it was a real challenge for us. So this is our campus ministry before COVID. We had a lot of fellowship, a lot of Bible studies, a lot of parties, a lot of uh, events, a lot of line dancing, different things, um, making a lot of friends. But then, uh, and having food events because Japanese people love food. <laughs> but then suddenly everything got shut down. And I know you've experienced that here in Chicago too. But as things got shut down, suddenly we were thrown onto this thing called Zoom that I had never heard of before. Um, but suddenly we, we started doing all the Bible studies. We did outreach parties. We did evangelism. We watched fireworks together. We did exercises and dances together because we were stuck at home for a lot of that. Um, we also did student leader training and fellowship times, one-on-ones. And I tell you, at first I was like, God, what are you doing? What are you, you know, our campus ministry is just getting shut down because the universities were closed. We couldn't get into campuses. We couldn't meet new students. We couldn't do Bible studies in campus. And that was the only way we had done it. But suddenly we were, you know, shut out. So we were on Zoom. And you know what? It, this year and a half has been our most intense time of discipleship. That on Unlike the 30 years that I've been in Japan, this has been the most precious time of discipleship. And 
group leadership training and one-on-ones because the students were so busy. They had part-time jobs. They were out playing with their friends. And so we would say, okay, we got this training. Come to the student center. And they'd be like, oh, sorry, I can't make it. You know, and they had all these excuses. But suddenly they're stuck at home. They have nothing to do. They, you know, they want to meet people online. And so they committed, unlike any other time before, they committed to discipleship online. So we're just thankful. Even in the midst of negative things, it seems like it, God opened new doors. Also, the Olympics, we were so excited about the 2020 Olympics that were coming to Tokyo, and we had planned on getting several teams to help us with outreach during the um, duration of the Olympics so that we could reach Japanese people um, with the gospel. Um, But as you know, the Olympics got canceled and postponed a year until 2021. But even 2021, none of our interns, none of our teams could get into Japan because even now our borders are still closed. So we're like, God, this was our biggest opportunity, and the doors got slammed in our face. You know, what are you thinking? But because of COVID and the rising numbers, um, the chaplaincy program at the Olympic Village had to get shut down. So they had a chapel, they had prepared, you know, all the chaplains and all that stuff, but suddenly they couldn't do face-to-face, any face-to-face with the athletes. So they started looking for 16 Um, preachers who could make video messages that would be uh, played to the athletes in the Olympic Village in the um, chapel. And so they were looking for a woman, especially for women who could speak English. And for some reason, they chose me as one of the 16. So I'm just so thankful that I was able to make a video message for them and that God's word was proclaimed in the, in the Olympic Village to the athletes. And so even though it seemed like bam, bam, all the doors were shut um, during Olympic outreach, but God made a way. God was with us and he did the supernatural. He opened doors. And then lastly, God brings the supernatural. So that leads into this last point that God is in the storm. And it, 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 can we go back to the scripture again? It says that when you go through the fire, you will not be burned. You will not be scorched. The flame won't burn you. That's a miracle. But that's the God you and I serve. We, are, we worship the God of the supernatural. Praise God, the God of miracles working in our life. And so we can build our our confidence and walk forward even in the midst of the storm because he is calling us by name. He is with us through the storm and he is the God of the supernatural. Tonight, I don't know what storms you are facing, but God is the God of the supernatural and we believe with you that God is going to work just as he's opened doors for us in Japan, just as he's healed my body. We're going to believe for the supernatural in your lives tonight. So as I finish up, I just, oh, I just want to mention this. So this is, have you ever heard of kintsugi? This is a Japanese pottery method to redeem broken pottery. So when it's broken, they will glue it together with gold. And it says, to repair with gold, the art of repairing pottery with gold or silver lacquer and understanding that the piece is even more beautiful for having been broken. There's another example here. And so sometimes maybe you feel like your life is broken and you've been going through the storm and your life is in pieces. But that's when God has the chance to work in the supernatural. If we hold on to our pain, if we hold on to our negativism, it just eats us up in the inside. 
But if we, if we release this pain to him, if we release our fear to him, he has the power to make something beautiful of our broken lives. That is the supernatural God that you and I serve tonight. Praise God. So um, I, as, as this verses continue, I was just excited to see that this leads right into missions. He says, do not fear, I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. Do not hold them back. Bring my sons back from far away and my daughters from the end of, ends of the earth. And sometimes the Japanese, I feel, are just bound, bound by the enemy for thousands of generations. But we can declare with the supernatural word of God that Satan has to give them up. He has to release them. And it says, everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made, that is a supernatural God that you and I serve. And so tonight, as I close up, I just want to, to think about what can we do tonight, just really briefly. So as, if less than 1% know Jesus in Japan, if that's the reality, what can we do? You know, we feel like I'm just one person here in Belmont. You know, what can I do? 99%. Well, we can give. We can give our time. We can give our money. We can give our love. We can give our effort to serve in the children's ministry. I just saw your amazing children's center behind here. Maybe God is asking you to serve as an usher. We were greeted out in the parking lot. What is God asking of us to do? To give. Maybe God is asking of us to go. And we have needs for campus workers, for teams, for English teachers. Right now the borders are closed, but we're believing next year God is going to open up. So for campus workers, we need people to come for two months and one year. And if you can raise round trip and monthly support, you can help us with campus ministry. Also, we need people to come as English teachers to, to serve for a summer, a one-year program, and help a church with evangelistic outreach through English teaching. And then also, if you can bring a team, 10 days to 20 days um, to help us in local church outreach and also in campus ministry. We need you to go. And lastly, we need you to pray. The most powerful thing that you can do is pray. And so we ask that you would pray for Japan, less than 1% Christian. The average church has less than one young person. That's the national average. Major, major depression. Over 20,000 a year committing suicide. And it's skyrocketing now because of COVID, especially among young people. So would you continue to pray for Japan? So that's what we can do. Three simple things. We can give, we can go, and we can pray. Sometimes going... It, overseas to Japan sounds exciting, but maybe God is asking us to go across the street. Maybe God is asking us to go to our neighbor. Maybe God is asking us to pick up the phone and call that friend that we haven't talked to for a long time. What is God asking of us tonight? Hallelujah. Father, tonight we just thank you that you are the God of the supernatural. And we thank you that you've got this, Lord. God's got this. We thank you, Lord, that no matter what storm we are going through tonight, I don't know what, what people are going through, Lord, in this room, but I thank you that you know. You know them by name. You are calling them, and you are with them in their boat, Lord. And we just tonight again ask God for the supernatural the supernatural to be revealed in their lives, Lord, through them, Lord, impacting their families, impacting their community, Lord, the street that they live on, the schools, Lord, that their children go to, 
their offices, Lord, this city of Chicago, Lord. Oh, that your supernatural, Lord, would flow through the members of this church, Lord. Oh, God, that you would use us when we are weak. That's when you can be strong, Lord. And so we just ask, God, that you would work miracles, Lord, in their lives and use them, Lord, to shine your light, Lord, into the darkest of darkest places, Lord, in this city. We believe it, Lord, tonight. And God, will you use us, Lord, use us to give, use us to go and use us to pray. God, three things that each one of us, Lord, can commit to doing. So Lord, tonight, if you're willing, would you raise your hand and just say, God, I'm willing, I commit myself to giving, giving in whatever way, whether that be financially or in time, giving of yourself to help someone. I'm willing, Lord, to go wherever that means down the street, downtown Chicago, maybe to Japan. And Lord, I commit to praying. I, I commit to praying for revival in Japan, Lord, for breakthrough. I commit to praying for my pastors. I commit to pay, praying for this city. If you are willing, raise your hands, yes. So tonight, Lord, we say we are here. We are willing, Lord. We are available to you, Lord. Will you use us, Lord? We thank you, God, that you are the way maker, Lord. You are the promise keeper in our lives. And so we commit ourselves to you, Lord. Oh, we declare it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.